this place is. The timekeepers have built quite the circus. And I see the clowns are playing their parts to perfection. Big metaphor guy. I love it. Makes you sound super smart. I am smart. I know. Okay. Okay. Please sign to verify this is everything you've ever said. This is absurd. Sign this too. We protect the proper flow of time. You picked up the Tesseract breaking reality. I want you to help us fix it. Why me? I need your unique Loki perspective. Do I get a weapon? Nah. Luckily, he believes in himself enough for the both of us. Why? It is adorable that you think you could possibly manipulate me. I'm ten steps ahead of you. You're not big on trust, are you? Trust me. Loki, I've studied almost every moment of your entire life. You've literally stabbed people in the back like 50 times. Why never do it again? Hello, everybody, and welcome back. You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And we have reached the end of time in episode 232 today, July 15th, 2021. We're going to be going right into our topic of the day. But before we do, make sure you bonk that subscribe button. Maybe throw an enchantment on that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm, which drops once a week, every week. Our topic of the day is the Loki Season 1 Review. You may or may not recall that in a not-too-far-long-ago episode of Joygasm, we actually did a review of the first episode. However, we have finally come to its triumphant end in episode six. And so we thought it would be appropriate to be able to provide our reaction to the entire season. And I can't think of a better time to do it than now, considering the fact that the final episode dropped yesterday. Having said all of that, I do want to warn everybody, a little disclaimer, that we are going into spoiler territory. So if you have not seen the season, or perhaps you haven't seen the last couple of episodes, whatever the case may be, we are going to be talking about lots of different little nuggets. Oh, goodness. If it wasn't obvious enough, it is There now. you go. Yeah. Steve, welcome back to my humble abode. Thank you, Russ. You're welcome, Steve. You are so welcome. I'm glad. I feel welcome. You should. I do. Because you are. 
That's great. <laughs> so, Loki season one. I must say, I'm going to start things off here a bit, Steve. Okay. I'm going to start things off a bit. I thought that this is the best Disney Plus Marvel TV show yet. When I was thinking about what we've seen so far with WandaVision, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and now Loki. I think that Loki is, hands down, my favorite of what we have seen so far. What say you, Steve? I would have to agree. I uh, I thought the same thing uh, before I came over. That uh, out of the t- out of the three shows that have come out so far, this would be the first of the three. Ah. So anybody, I mean that that being said, I mean I, I do have some things to say. I'm sure you uh, do. You know what I'm saying? Sure you do. But um, anyhow, what are your high level thoughts of the show? There was a lot uh, to like, I felt like. Um, in fact, so I was trying to find proper attire since we're going to be talking about the Loki show. I, I was, have no Loki attire. I, I know you don't. Actually, no, I'm very low-key. See what I did there, Russ? You're not even a dad yet. And you're giving dad <laughs> jokes. Anyway, this is kind of a funny little like you know side note. So... I was going through a bunch of my laundry and that sort of thing, like Gross. like different types of like heaps of stuff that I've not uh, <laughs> seen in quite some time. So I was doing like loads and loads of laundry. Came across this little jewel, Steve, and I thought to myself, I bet Steve would appreciate this, considering this is one of your favorite games, you know. And then I was thinking to myself, hmm, self, the orange color is very much in line with the TVA, the time variance authority mm. instead of it saying very i just didn't have anything that had the word variant on it but you know the, the orange right I mean, like like can you see what i'm what, what i'm working with over here i mean it's 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 no mistake you got that nice burnt orange kind of look i even have the, yeah. the lights on the back little mood lighting as a nice little subtle orange stretch sort of uh. What are you, wet blanket over here? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> anyway, I had fun. I had fun getting ready. But having said that, Steve, having said that, I really did enjoy the series itself. Um, one of the things that I had mentioned prior was that I love the idea of the TVA. I think that that is a, a fresh injection into the Marvel Cinematic Universe arm. I think that it was fascinating to be able to see the, the kind of the arc that uh, the TVA went on where it starts out as being like this uh, authority, really. Like you, you you kind of buy into, oh, okay, there is this kind of uh, crazy dimensional authority that like, you know, is the watch keeper or whatever of, uh, of all things time oriented. And then by the end of the season, you realize like how this is not all that it was cracked up to be how like there is an awful lot of manipulation going on. And, but at the same time, I still didn't lose um, any like semblance of fascination with it. I still have very much like, I don't know. I look at it and I don't think the TVA has lost any of its luster. So there's that. I also really appreciated the, the the chemistry between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson, like we've talked about before. But then it was just great to be able to to see like what their relationship ended up being like throughout the the entire show, and it kept me guessing. Like like there are certain parts that I kind of had 
figured out kind of sort of, but at the same time, there were other parts that kind of kept me off kilter sort of, you know, as, as a viewer. But so I, I appreciated that. And I think even when it came to the, the kind of the, the, the main antagonist or the, or the, the, he who remains, mm. um, that I think was one of the strongest endings to a Disney plus TV show that we've seen yet. And especially in terms of how it plugs into the overall ecosystem of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it applies to both not only TV shows, but also the movies. What say you? Yeah, I would say so, too. I would say um, not only the you know him. I mean, well, we only see him on, at the end, which is kind of a, somewhat a disappointment because, you know, they were talking about him for about six episodes. And then we only see him for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And mm. then that's that. Uh, so I would like to have seen more. Um I'd like to know more as well. Um, what they did give us was worthwhile, but uh, you know we think the 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 timekeepers are evil, or the TVA is evil, and then that's not the case, and nor is the other one, and then this other person's evil, and then like the show is over, and then we gotta wait for the next season. Mm-hmm. So I figured it was kind of done too soon. Um, yeah, it, it was only you know, six episodes. Yeah, and so and and that's been something that we have commented on in the past about how at least these first seasons really like like I mean I think we're we were expecting at least eight episodes. Yeah, well I mean I think that's I wonder if that's a, what Disney Plus is aiming for with these shows is because uh, that, that's a that seems to be a, a theme with WandaVision. It's not enough, or um, they don't really. Well, in my criticism, they just didn't do enough with the show. But um, we, it was a show to branch off into other shows and other movies yeah. of what was going to come out. Same thing with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, it, there was just not enough there. And once they finally gave us something, we're like, we were like, okay, that's it. You know, you, you, and it wasn't nothing was really. Well, I shouldn't say nothing was really happening, but the show really didn't get firm traction until like episode four, for example. Mm-hmm. So then we were like, okay, we only got a couple episodes left. What are, what are you guys going to do with this? Um, and it's kind of the same thing with with um, with this show with Loki, Loki um, because you know you, the villain we don't know anything about until well we don't hardly know anything we've learned tidbits but we haven't been able to connect the docs until the last little minute and then the show's over and so it seems like again they're setting up other stuff maybe for Phase Four but it's not like this independent show it's a show that's a vessel to connect you know, or weave through the other phasing of other shows and movies. One of the things I wanted to actually touch upon as you're talking about this is this show. One of the unique aspects of the show I felt like was this is an exploration of villains. If you think about it for the most part, like, like if, if you think about how you have Loki, who again is, is probably the most, well, aside from Thanos, he's one of the most famous villains that we've been introduced to so far in the MCU. But then on top of that, then you have the TVA, which again, the TVA is murky at best in terms of its innocence. You know, it it has this kind of one side of it that is extremely manipulative, right? Like, like, and we come to find out that they have been kidnapping and um, erasing the memories of these variants within these different multiverses of, of, just different people and creatures and that sort of thing well, against only, their will. And not only that, they just, they prune or they just kill people off and yeah. on a whim, like, Oh yeah, prune that one. You know, it's not even like, okay, sorry, you sucked at life and, 
did some bad things and we got to let you go. There's, you know, it's yeah. just like, okay, either, you know, the executioner, judge and jury are all like, okay, next he's gone. He's brewing. Yeah. There's very much a, a calloused <laughs> approach that, that the TVA has. And you can tell has been ingrained in the people yeah. who serve the TVA. And it, yeah, it's kind of a trip in the sense where there are, um, all these people who have been conditioned and almost desensitized to do this. And I I don't know. I think that was one of the coolest aspects of the TVA, kind of like the coming of age aspect of the TVA was like how Owen Wilson's character, Mobius, for instance, represented how, when he all of a sudden realized that he too was a variant, that he was put, put there against his will and everything he's come to know is, uh, murky at best, but probably a lie, right? Um, that was a reckoning, right? Like that, that was a moment of reckoning for, for Mobius. But also, too, to your point of what you're talking about, about, you know, like the pruning and that sort of thing, it was really fascinating to me that his friend, I can't remember her name, but she was kind of the, the boss around the TVA. Um, she w- was very much that callousness uh, personified, because here she has clearly some sort of long-standing friendship with Mobius, and she, without hesitation, just pruned him. I mean, I was pretty shocked during that scene. Were you? I was. I didn't think that was coming at all whatsoever. I mean, uh, they came back. It was. I was kind of like a bit touching because he, in a sense, knew it was coming. Uh, at least I felt like he knew it was coming. I mean, he hangs his head down and he doesn't try and plead for his life or anything. He just starts to talk about their previous conversation and then, you know, transcends into, you know, what would be pleasant for him and yeah. this, the conversation about what's fun and what, you know, about the jet ski, the conversation he had with, with Loki earlier. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, that sounds nice. That really sounds like he would be at the, at the high point of his life or at least a highlight and uh, there was a sense of conviction in his voice when he was talking to her, wasn't it? Like when he was saying, you know, you asked me earlier about like a, like the ideal place I'd want to go. I want to go back to my jet ski. Yeah. You know, like it was like, ooh, OK, yeah, I want to go back to my life and all, all this like revealing of truth. And uh, she just like just executes him. And I thought I, I was like, whoa, didn't expect that. I mean, that whole episode was probably my favorite episode. Yeah, uh, that, I think that was episode four. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah that that was Because episode five they focus on the the void and then episode six is when we get introduced to He Who Remains. So yeah. Right. Yeah, episode four was probably one of my favorites as well. Backing up a bit though, so like so from a high level, like that would like the TVA, I really liked um the TVA. I thought that it was a lot of fun. Um and on top of that too, I really liked this exploration of what a villain is because there are multiple versions of this. I, I started talking about Loki. We introduced us to Sylvie, who is apparently like a, a variant of Loki from a, a different dimension. I'll, I'll come back to her in just a minute because it could be very easy just to like go off on like a different timeline and talk about something. However, at the same time, like I really also enjoyed um, some of the other characters, like like some of the TVA, like the one of the women, she's like the sergeant at arms or something like that. She was very interesting because she appeared to be kind of the enforcer of the TVA, but then all of a sudden she realizes what's going on. And so we see kind of a change up of 
uh, her interests and value system. And then we see he who remains, who's yet another villain um, in this whole situation. But they all have different types of approaches to being an antagonist. And I thought that was pretty refreshing because we are very much conditioned as viewers to like expect there to be both protagonists and antagonists. Yet this show was very much an exploration of like, well, what happens if you have mostly just villains? Yeah. And well, it seemed like a battle of wits with villains too, because they're all into manipulation right. and lies and their own agendas. And, you know, they're, they're will be done, I guess, you know, so you can't, you know, Loki says you can't trust me. And then he tells Sylvie, like you can't trust me and I can't trust you. And then, the he who remains goes, I might be lying. I might be not lying. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then when we meet up with the, all the other variant Lokis, we're going, are they telling the truth? I mean, they seem like they're pretty darn serious. Like, yeah. they're, they're just trying to survive. I mean, that, it's not really about uh, their agenda anymore. It's not about surviving. Or it, it is about surviving. That's all it's about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so lies didn't really come into play. But, it's I mean... I said it was a battle of wits. That's really what it was. I mean, Loki and Mobius kept on going back and forth. And me as a viewer, I'm going, nope, he's lying. Yeah. No, he's lying. I definitely lying. He's yeah. De and, you know, and sure enough, like, you know, yeah, he was. Uh, so anyhow, I mean, part of it was interesting, I guess, with, with all the, you know, the back and forth. I think part of it, too, kind of got a little bit wearing. Not, not wearing, but maybe... Like, I wanted there to be um, more revelations instead of... There were quite a few for Loki. There were there were some revelations, yeah. And for Mobius. Um, but only towards the end. And even to, even in that, those episodes, I guess maybe all the way up till episode five, uh, they were still trying to, to fake each other out in a way. Like, you know... Well, like, 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 for example, well, they're, they're in the, um, that, that room and they're about like briefing each other basically. And he's, ba and Loki is saying that, oh, you know, Sylvie is, uh, uh, you know, my girlfriend or whatever. He didn't say girlfriend. Well, he's not, he, he didn't say, it's the idea that he, that's just coming across. And then Mobius goes, oh, we went ahead and killed her. And, he, like, and so they're both just kind of conking heads, not going anywhere. Well, I think it's, it's more of, um, a play of, of information because every party wants uh, certain types of information that they hold valuable to themselves. And really another aspect to this whole thing is, you know, you talk about um, rele uh, revelations. Loki constantly has revelations throughout this entire TV show. I mean, he had, he has a revelation about how the TVA exists. He had no idea that was even a thing. He has re revelations about how there are variants of himself that exist and not only that, he comes into contact with one who's who's Sylvie, who, who ends up being kind of the thorn in the TVA side, which was kind of surprising, too, because we at first don't know who this variant is. And he has revelations also about how he feels about her, like, like you alluded to. He also has rev uh, revelations about the kind of choices you make because like for the longest time throughout the show, he's really obsessed over like, like ruling over the TVA because again, that's the old Loki. And at the end of, of the season, he's the one who's holding Sylvie back from taking out he who remains because he realizes like what kind of huge detrimental effects um, could actually happen 
if the, if this were to take place. So it, it's very interesting to see the some of the irony in that, but also too like like when it comes to uh, revelations with different characters. Um, like I mentioned, Mobius was another character that certainly had his moment. He didn't have as many as Loki, of course, but I think that that there was um, definitely that that huge aha moment. Sylvie, not so much. I would say Sylvie definitely had her purpose and her mission. Like she she was absolutely scorned. She wanted to pay back. She would stop at nothing to extract her revenge. Um, so she was a lot more just single clarity of vision. Right. Now, I, I didn't mean that he had no revelations like whatsoever. I was just saying that, you know, the back and forth between I'm lying to you to get my way. Okay, and here's another revelation. Now I'm going back to lying to you to get my way. Okay, here's another revelation. I just wanted to, to stick with like the reveal of Loki. Here's the consequences of your de- of the decisions you've made to lie and manipulate others throughout all the Marvel movies we've seen so far. And now here's six episodes for you to come to terms with yourself. Mm-hmm. And and yes, that happened, but. Um, I wanted more of the revelations and more of him coming to terms instead of him going back to his old ways of, of lies and manipulation. But do you think that he went back to his old ways of lies and manipulation by the end of the season? Cause like, cause I feel oh, like he had a lot of self discovery. Uh, he did have a lot of self discovery and, and towards the end. Yes. I mean, but we had to, we had to get there for him to basically abandon and let go a hundred percent of what, of how he used to be. Like just completely unshackle himself with the lies and the deceit, and now he's really worried about the future. He's worried about the existence. He's worried about the timeline. He's worried about people who actually did care about him, you know. And I mean, he's he's desperate at that point. Um, but it we had to get all the way till the end of the show before that happened. See, I don't necessarily see it that way. I think, um, like for instance, in episode four, um, he witnesses. Uh, Mobius getting pruned in front of his, in front of his eyes. Right. And he was, you could tell he was devastated. Like he, he was not the same Loki as when he first started in terms of not caring what happens to Mobius and that sort of thing. At that point they had formed enough of a rapport with each other. And even perhaps like this kind of uh, dare I say friendship more, maybe more of like a bond over some sort of common goal, but there was, uh, remorse and um, mourning for Mobius when that occurred. That, that was a, a pretty big deal. And I think too, to a certain extent, I think that Sylvie had the same kind of thing when uh, Loki got pruned in front of her because he was about to tell her something and then it happened to him. So again, I think that when it comes to the show, yeah, granted, like he, it wasn't like from episode one or two on that like all of a sudden Loki is a changed character or anything like that. And that's kind of the purpose of the show, right? Is like we up until the show have identified Loki as, okay, he's this God of mischief, right? Like he's this person who's uh, known as a villain, that sort of thing. But what's beyond that? Like, how can we bring out these other types of personality traits and perhaps decisions that we would not have guessed that Loki would necessarily make? And I think that that was one of the the big refreshing things about the, the show overall was how it was it was like this constantly evolving situation that it's it's literally like like as if like the characters were like these little like chess pieces on a board and like they were moving into different situations they were compromised at times other times they had the advantage and what came of that what happened as a result you're asking me 
No, no, no. I, I was just finishing up my thought. <laughs> you, look, you look at me like, you know what I mean? Are, are, like, <laughs> that's the question. Like, oh, chess pieces, <laughs> the pawn and the knight. And then you have a rook and a bishop. And Ching then, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, that's checkers. <laughs> that's Burger King. <laughs> I'm hungry. But yeah, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't remember who the 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 token character was, the, the um, what what its name was. You know, the little cartoony like no, minutes. Is was that I think it was like that the Mi name Miss Minutes or something like that? Miss Minutes. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I always found that character to be pretty entertaining and interesting, and I liked how they did not overuse right the character. And at the same time, like she was kind of eh, creepy on the, by the the last episode, like when she starts bartering with Loki and Sylvie when they enter into He Who Remains as uh, Dojo. Well, <laughs> that plus, like whenever you know she popped up, there was supposed to be some TV screen or a device nearby that was basically right. projecting her, and so when they walk into this castle of sorts mm -hmm. um she just kind of appears out of thin air and so you kind of thought okay is this a just a figment of their imagination i mean are they really here is this all in their minds are they going to pop up someplace else right you know i mean because there's nothing really computerized except for what that what had what the dude had on his uh wrist like kind of that watch thing that he right flicked out some you know clay looking digital that was really cool figurines yeah I, I really liked how that was uh, part of his obligatory storytelling his his uh, exposition of what was going on and i gotta say too that was also pretty impressive when you think about how he only had one episode right i mean like like he who remains which by the way i did some research on that and the other name for him is king the conqueror all right who's okay. a known uh, yeah. villain in the marvel universe uh he's a one of those like uh time traveler types one of those bad guys one of those bad guys but anyway i was really impressed with how the actor only had one episode to introduce himself like explain kind of the purpose of him existing and the threat that was there and i gotta say that i think that a lot of the success goes to the writing like if you think about like what all was covered and said in that last episode like if there really wasn't very much action at all. It was much more that, that kind of like tension in the room, uh, discovery of what the heck is going on kind of thing. And I felt that the, the, the persona that the actor actually put forth for he who remains, I thought was really fresh. It was pretty different, like very different from what we've seen so far. It was, and I think he had to be that way because we've seen villains who are, you know, big, burly, and bad, mm -hmm. uh, and and act as such. Yep. And we've seen villains who use their intelligence and wits to try and and outsmart. Um, but we haven't really seen somebody who is kind of uh, I'm looking for the word, but a little bit wily, a little bit. Uh, a little bit cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he wasn't about to to kill Sylvie and um, and Loki, even though he probably could. I mean, we didn't really know what kind of powers he had other than he was kind of dipping himself all over the, 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 the chronology of time altogether, you know? Yeah. Um, but we don't know what else kind of, you know, what other kind of powers he had. Well, and but, I thought, let me stop you really quick. I thought that was interesting, too, how 
he gave them basically two options as to what they could do. And he just sat back and let them decide what, what they ultimately would do, which is very different from what we have seen from other villains like Loki and Thanos. Like, I mean, they're not about to just sit back and let someone murder them like that. And I thought it was also interesting too, about how it was all about consequence, how the, like he who remains was talking about, look, these are your two options. And these are options that really like, he's like, I've looked at all these different scenarios. This is what you can do. You can either take over because basically I'm burnt out from like <laughs> dealing with all this stuff, or you can just take me out. However, if that happens, then all the other variants of me will be unleashed. And that was a part of like his big story, right? Was like how, um, back in the day, how like there were all these different variants of him and they waged war and they, they caused all kinds of chaos and uh, pandemonium among all these different multiverses. And so he was basically the last one from all of those different versions. But apparently like if he gets killed, then it opens Pandora's box, which is kind of odd storytelling. It's supposed element. to be odd, Steve. Well, that's the thing. It's like, Okay, so he's burnt out, but he's been enjoying playing with, with time he has. throughout generations, like hundreds, thousands of years, and all of a sudden now he just doesn't want it. But, I mean, he's like, okay, cool, kill me. But then he goes like, but then he says, um, what, reincarnation. Right. You know, I'm coming back. Uh -huh. So if, he, if he's A-okay with coming back, then why would he be and 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 to maybe splice the timeline in different ways? Why would all of a sudden he be burnt out? Unless, they, of course, that was just another lie, and that was part of the scheme all along. Was he already knew how this whole thing was going to play out, and well, wanted, I, wanted wanted to basically fix the timeline anyway. So he did talk about how he knew precisely what was going to happen up until a certain point, right. which was really cool. And I love, by the way, the the um, delivery that the actor gave. Like you know, the, you could tell like the camera's like slowly dollying in, and he's kind of like just biding his time as Loki and Sylvie figure out what kind of uh, course they want to take. But then there comes a moment where he's like. Like there's like this realization that comes up and I love it. Cause like, to me, it was just powerful. It was just like, Oh, okay. Something has transpired. And I think in terms of his character, right? So because he um, has been doing all kinds of like time travel and has been like weaving all these different timelines, stuff like that. Anytime I think of characters that deal with time as a general rule, I think of them as, as probably a little beyond eccentric they, they've probably lost or maybe like have a couple of marbles loose because having that kind of knowledge and knowing what's going to happen and all that kind of stuff has got to mess with you on a, some sort of mental level sure. and i think in terms of kang i think that he has nefarious purposes like I think that that we haven't seen the end of like what his grand plan is going to be. I have a feeling this is a kind of character that really enjoys making everyone else's lives miserable through the the act of like bouncing around through these uh, multiverses and time travel and that sort of thing. And so I I don't think that we've seen the end of him by any stretch. In fact, I know for um 
uh, after reading uh, some some articles today that apparently he's supposed to come back, I believe, in the Doctor Strange movie sequel, right. like Doctor Strange uh, Multiverse of Madness. There you go. Amazing how that ties together. But I also think, too, um, that there will be more emphasis placed on some of the other movies like the new Ant-Man. And uh, I always forget what that word is. It's it's the wasp. No, 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 no. Not wasp. Uh, what's the, the, the contraption that he goes into? I, it's uh, golly, I could like see it. Quantum. Quantum mania. Thank you, Steve. Quantum you of saved me. Solace. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ant-Man and quantum mania or something like that. Anyway, I have a feeling that will play a role. Um, and there was one other one that, that skips the brain at the moment, but very original in terms of, how they set up his big reveal and what Loki and Sylvie were faced with. What did you think of like how everything kind of played out in that whole sequence? I, so my one question is, you know, he's saying, you know, Oh, you're trying to kill me and you can't. And this is why, because I've seen it all happen. And he kind of shows like books of scripts and whatever, what they're all going to say. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, he would have seen at some point that this is where the dialogue ends and this is the limit of my sight. I can't see what's going to happen at this point. So that would have been the realization for him of, okay, so five, four, three, two, one, and I don't know what you're going to say now. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what I would have expected for, for a guy with as much knowledge as him. Um, but how they played it out is... <gasps> I don't know what's happening anymore. I don't know. I heard some thunder and I, I, this is all truth to me now. You know, I thought, okay, well, you knew that, you know, what everybody's actions were. You said you paved the road because you knew this up was Up until a point. Right, up until a point. But he knew when that point was. Yeah. Yeah, he, he knew the exact moment of when he would stop knowing precisely everything that was going to transpire. And I think in a way that excited him because he had been, who knows how long, had been in the position of just constantly knowing everything. Yeah. And I think it was like one of those, like, I don't know. I think, I think it, it, uh, what the, what the word is, Mm. but like, it's like, like he got excited, but also it was just one of those things where like he, it's like something he hadn't, felt in a long time and it was just one of those things that's like oh oh my you mean this is back again oh give me some more please thank you so Hot and bothered um <laughs> <laughs> here's what i think too uh and this could just be me but um the the models that he used to show basically what had happened in the past with the variants of himself um had what looked like to me um, that some some art that the Japanese use where they'll take a vase and they'll like they'll break it right oh. but, the, but they'll take the seams of where all the broken shards are and they'll put like gold or silver or some oh. sort of lining in it and so they'll reconstruct the vase with all the broken pieces but it'll be reconstructed better I guess and harder um, not as fragile and so to me it looked kind of like how that was I don't know if that was I could be totally way off, 
the timeline. Uh, <laughs> but, it, you know, because it was weaved through the, the castle also, yeah. where it looked like it was broken and put back together. And then in the models he was showing, like with the timeline, it was broken and kind of put back together. You know, some places were dark, other places were gold. To me, that's what it, it looked like, which would kind of make sense if he's been playing with the timeline throughout history and throughout all these generations and years that, okay, well now here we are again in this loop that goes around, you know, from where it starts, it's going to end in the second part or the lat that same spot it finished. And then it's going to continue on again. And I think, um, maybe that ha might have some significance, not the whole art thing, but just like the semblance of breaking, putting back together, Symbolism, making it, making it stronger, making it right. No, that's brilliant. I had no idea. I keyed on that whole kind of design aesthetic that they were going for, but I had no idea that that was a thing. Um, so really cool observation that that's, and it makes a lot of sense just because we come to find out that his character is all about threading these different types of, of timelines and having variants or lording over these different variants and that sort of thing. So really, really fascinating stuff. And another thing too that, that I still have a lot of fun thinking about is the TVA itself is, is a concept that I still have a very peripheral understanding of. It's not necessarily a thing that like I am an expert by any stretch, but I do, I, I still don't quite understand why he needed the TVA. I mean, I guess just to, to kind of do his bidding and help him out with certain things with, with regards to like maintaining his vision of what he wanted to have happen or not happen, that sort of thing. Um, I thought, I almost think like the TVA of sorts, but the TVA along with he, the, he that who remains, I think they needed Loki more than Loki needed them. Mm. I think Loki wound up there but that what you know, and he had to make the best of the situation and the circumstances. But I think he was he was look looking to rule over something, and because he was there and found that a lot of things of consequence from the world he was at before, like the Infinity Stones, yeah. meant nothing there. But he could have all this power, maybe take it with him to another world and rule there. Like that's that's what he wants. Ultimately, is just to rule something. Right. He's the he's the king of nothing right now. So he wants to be. You know, he he's always felt that he was the rightful heir to to Asgard. But I, you know, I was about to say Isengard. Right. Isengard. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh oh man. Goodness. Let me let me ask you about the fight sequences, like the old uh punch and kick. Yeah, sure. Do you think those were as good as they could have been, Russ? Or do you think they were a little bit too choreographed? Oh, I would say they're probably a bit too choreographed. I think that um it is a little odd when you have these, these characters with swords um, in an environment where, well, I mean, to be fair, like it wasn't like the TVA had <laughs> submachine guns or something. I mean, they, they also <laughs> had melee weapons to, to a large extent. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I would say 
it did kind of at times feel a little Shakespearean, right? In a way, like which, it was a play or something. Yeah, like I mean, I get it. Like, like it, it, you have Norse gods, and uh, you know, the, even the, their their delivery of the lines and stuff, and it, it makes perfect sense. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it necessarily bothered me. But I, I mean, having said that, I think it would have been cool to have seen them utilize more of like their magical side. Budgets. Budgets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, it really dawned on me, and not, not so much on, like, the earlier episodes, but the later episodes where there was a lot more fighting going on, it did seem like, uh, you're going to throw a punch here, I'm going to dodge it this way. Or, you're going you're gonna to throw a kick, I'm going to duck. Mm. You know, sort of thing. And it was just a l- bit too slow. Uh, not not as, as fast as, like, Falcon of the Winter Soldier, for for example, or you know, maybe some of the old other Marvel movies. But I just, I just kind of thought, and my wife picked up on it too. She goes, "Is that are they throwing punches kind of slow to you?" I'm like, "Yeah, kind of. I don't know. It was a little bit distracting. Sure. I, that's all I'm trying to say. I mean, I'm just a little bit, a little bit distracted. I didn't know if you noticed the same thing. A little bit, but not. It wasn't like it threw me out of the the overall experience or anything like that. So, I actually really liked what Owen Wilson did with his character. I thought it was really, really cool. I know that we've kind of gone back and forth a little bit talking about some of the things that, that his character Mobius did, but we haven't talked about when he reconfronted his boss slash, I don't know if it's still friend or not, but it was really interesting <laughs> seeing that scene. For me, I felt as though I, I think that they should have done more with that scene in terms of kind of like that, that confrontation, just because we've been sold throughout the entire season about how these two colleagues, basically, I mean, they're tight, right? Like, like they, they've been through a lot together and worked together for a long time. They have the, have this rapport and that sort of thing. And um, I mean, like if I were to put myself into Mobius's shoes, like there would be, a pretty intense confrontation with that where it's like, yeah, what you did. Yeah. That was really messed up. And you know, (laughs) that's all I'm going to say. You're stupid. I'm going to leave now and let you dwell on. I'm going to let you think about that for a few minutes. Anyway, I thought I did think that that was a little bit like I, I, again, I liked how Owen delivered the lines that he did have. But at the same time, I really like it was too quick to like all of a sudden pivot where like she started kind of getting snippy with him again. And she and actually, well, now I'm talking about it. She's an interesting character in the sense that I can't really like wrap my mind around whether or not she's trustworthy or if she is basically keeping her cards close to the chest or vest because she literally wore a vest. So that's one of the other things too that I think is kind of interesting about the show is that she ends up departing. She goes off somewhere. She doesn't tell Mobius where she's going, but at the same time, it's not like she owned up to her past transgressions. She definitely has her own motivations, I want to say. And that was a reoccurring theme too, was, um, both Sylvie and I can't remember the the character's name, but basically Mobius's boss, they both kind of shared that, right? Where like they had this this kind of single clarity of vision 
purpose of what they were supposed to do versus their, their male counterparts of Loki and Mobius who they've kind of gone on this journey and they've emerged kind of changed forever. Yeah. I, I just, I think, I just think that everybody in the show who had the, the slight shadow of a of villainry had their own agenda, basically. I mean, you couldn't tell really what anybody was going to do. They were shining everybody on. Everybody was shining each other on. I mean, the only really honest character, I guess, for the most part, was, was Mobius. I mean, Mobius was pretty frank with everybody, and as long as you got along with him, I mean, he was looking for a friend the entire show. Well, I don't know if he was looking for a friend, but I think he was... I don't know. I, I think he was he had a, a mission that he was trying to achieve. And so he had this kind of a more risky idea for for getting to the the accomplishment side. Yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, he he's always kind of chit chatting with the guards and he's, you know, and the guards are kind of giving him bad times like, oh, I'm just doing my job. You know, it's great. Yeah, I'm Owen Wilson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or he was chit chatting with, uh, you know, the the judge. Her name starts with a J, I, I think. I've, I don't know. Yeah. M-Dibbit or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, of course, he wants to be all buddy-buddy with Loki. I mean, he's always trying to have Loki level with him, give him the truth, you know, whatever. Um, Ravana Renslayer. Yeah, J, like I said. <laughs> if the J was an R, yeah. Take yeah. the J and it kind of Ravana down, bend it a bit. Renslayer, yeah. Genslayer. It's actually yeah. really cool. Ravana Renslayer. Gervana. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what did you think of, like, when there was that realization that the that's the supposed ancient timekeepers were actually androids you know i i thought i didn't know what was going to happen honestly which was good yeah um but i kind of thought okay you're bringing these two troubled individuals highly dangerous (laughs) these two people are troubled (laughs) and there's no security and then you're bringing them to the timekeepers who barely been seen by anybody oh powerful and so you're just gonna let them there and yeah they're kind of chained up but let's just see what happens you know of course they're gonna try and like take them out i mean that's what their whole prerogative was yeah that was pretty predictable but at the same time it was one of those story points where i wanted to see it happen i'm like yeah come on let's do it let's see who these are behind the curtain and i liked very much how they were in fact androids. How like it was like this whole created thing to kind of keep people in line with the bureaucratic system of the TVA. But what happened to the other two timekeepers? Like they were, you know, the one got his head lopped off. I'm like, oh, it's an android. <laughs> and the other two just kind of like sat there and didn't have any other words to say. They didn't try to interrogate him. Like, what do you know? You're not timekeepers. Well, no, no. The, I think they shut down. I, th- I think essentially Sylvie broke the, the machine system when she lopped off the Android head because the other two obviously were, were just, I mean, it, it's, it's like the, like the equivalent of going to Disneyland and like getting on a, it's a small world ride. They're like, hey, it's a small world. <laughs> but if you, <laughs> but if you broke, if you broke the head off one of those gnomes or whatever, like the whole <laughs> system's not going to shut down. Like it's like, <laughs> like, 
oh, I just broke the ear off the thing. I didn't know it was going to shut down the entire contraption. Matter of fact, our canoe's not even moving a forward canoe. in the water. <laughs> <laughs> like, so like, well, we're going to be here a while, yeah. aren't we? Did anybody pack a lunch? Yeah. <laughs> this is awkward. Do you see any of those security cameras anywhere? you got to wave a lot. Get them to come down here and help us out. Just a bad time to say I don't know how to swim in two feet of water. <laughs> I only dog paddle. Yeah, only dog paddle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, are there any other parts of the season that you would like to touch upon before we give our concluding thoughts? Let me ask you about... Love it when he asks me questions. Did it seem like the show was more about Sylvie than Loki to you? No. Didn't? Uh-uh. Because to me, it kind of did. Like, you know, the show is called Loki because there's a bunch of Lokis. But... <laughs> The, the Lokis are kind of like locusts. But it was almost like Loki himself that we know took a back seat whenever Sylvie was on the screen. Like, not, not, not necessarily. I think that, that she was given moments to be able to shine and for the, the viewers to get to know her better. But I also think there are other many moments where it was definitely spotlighted on on Loki himself in terms again this was very much a transition from what we have come to know about Loki into what phase four and beyond is going to bring with regards to his character and I think it's there were so many different moments in terms of how whether it was him discovering the TVA and realizing like like him seeing like all of those infinity stones in that desk drawer you know something that was quite honestly coveted um, not only to him, but I think to us as viewers, right? Like anytime we saw an infinity stone, Oh, an infinity stone. Oh, it's so, so rare to find one, you know? And, and they had it in spades, right? Like the, the guy even said like, Oh yeah, we uh, use it as like, you know, paperweights. paperweights. Yeah. But at the same time, like I think one of the things about the show is Loki discovering how there are these variants of himself, like coming into contact. And they, they, this is something I wish they explored more of in the show itself. Oh yeah. Where like I, I started thinking about other types of time travel oriented movies. And that's one of the things that I absolutely adored about the back to the future series mm. is that in back to the future, there was always this emphasis on how, like there's this huge responsibility of like when you use the, the, the time machine, you don't use it for personal gain, how there's all these different things in terms of like a butterfly effect that can really screw up like times in the past as well as times in the future. And not only that, but if you were to meet your past self or your future self, they, they weren't even talking about multiverse self. They were just talking about if you bump into yourself from the past or the future, there's a, a number of different things that can happen. And so as a result, like there was constantly that underlying tension where it's like, you don't just walk up to like a multiverse self and give them a high five and be like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's go, uh, go get some, uh, something to eat. You know what I mean? Like, 
And I and I think part of that problem had to do with the fact that they only had six episodes in order to tell this story. Only but six. don't you think it was kind of? I don't yes. know. Like, it, yes, I did. Russ. It was one of those things where, like, like he got way too used to being around Sylvie, and even later on in, in the season when he saw a bunch more variants of of himself, it just kind of got glossed over. Do you agree? Like the whole thing with time travel got glossed over. No, 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 not not necessarily time travel, but just like the idea that there is a multiverse and Loki was literally meeting, like he was having physical contact with right. other, literally other versions of himself. Like, like it would be as if you bumped into like a multiverse, like from a different, uh, you know, dimension or whatever. It's you. It's Steve. Like I'm pretty Stop. sure, like you wouldn't be like, oh, come, come here, let me let me give you a bear hug. You know what I mean? Like there would be best buds. There there would be a lot of hesitation, a lot of I mean, like like what even on a psychological level, what does that do to you? Because you suddenly realize that you are no longer the only one that exists in the universe. Like suddenly you realize, you. yeah. I mean, like like there there is like I mean just off the top of my head. I mean, like, like you have, um, the whole theme of value, right? Like, like one of the things that, um, we as humans, um, always talk about is how there's only you know, one you and how like you, that makes you very special and unique and that sort of thing. Well, if you meet like 10 variants of yourself, I'm sure that's going to at least pop in your mind a little bit. Being like, <laughs> hey, well, what's this all about? Well, I think they may have glossed over that because you know, Everybody had already went through their life at, 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 and well, everybody went through their life and met at one point. And so all this other stuff had happened before and they all met here. So the point at which they met, it wasn't like, oh, Loki, Loki, Loki. Well, we only have a certain amount of value. It's all, it, their, their priorities had changed and it wasn't really about, um, well, I meant more like, like, it's like, self-reflection or, or um, kind of looking within yeah, in terms I of mean, like certain things that, that you had previously thought of as this is how it is. And then all of a sudden that entire foundation is just gone. I mean, I, if there was more episodes then then yes, but because they were squeezing everything in there, they didn't have time for it. And so if it was glossed over, that was probably purposeful. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> well, tell me your concluding thoughts and rating on the show, Steve. So I, I, I'm a bit conflicted because um, I at one point I just love seeing Tom Hiddleston be Loki. Uh, I, just, I, I love seeing him. Play. He's just the key. When an, when an actor like just confirms the character, epitomizes the character and, and, and they just, I don't know. It, it, I love when actors do this. And, and to me, Tom Hiddleston just does it. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing him on screen. That being said, it, it was definitely a step back where it's not the same Loki, I guess, that I'm used to because the what Loki that I'm used to is like on a grander scale. I mean, he's taking on the Avengers. He's arranging treaties with armies to try and, I mean, it, it, he's doing huge. It's not like, you know, oh, I put a whoopee cushion under your seat and, you know, that that kind of miss, mischief. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> <laughs> running through it like a closed door. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so it 
I went into the show thinking, okay, this is the Loki that I'm used to. Here's how it's going to be on the show. It's going to be the same Loki. And it definitely was not. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of epicness going on. Um, the fighting is definitely a step back and there's a ton of talking. Like that's the majority <laughs> of the show is there's, there's people sitting and talking on at a dinner table. It's people sitting and talking in an interrogation room. People sitting and talking at the lake or outside. I mean, there was a lot of talking. But did you enjoy the talking, Steve? <sighs> I did, but I I just wanted there to be more. I mean, there's just a lot of sitting and talking. <laughs> more talking? <laughs> Man. Color me surprised. Mm, are you? Oh, yeah. Anyhow, um... So I, I did one, one more episode at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, it felt like the show was a, a gateway show and not supposed to be like centered on it on itself. Like this was going to be a show just about Loki, you know, forget about everything else. It's just another kind of branch to branch off of in a way, which is kind of, kind of in a way, a little bit disappointing uh, because I think if it was its own independent show, then it would, there would be more episodes. They have already greenlit, by the way, season two. I'm aware. Okay. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, aware. Just want to make sure that, that you know, you, you, you're aware. It's like almost in my eyeball, your <laughs> fingers. <laughs> Anyhow, so I'm just, I'm conflict. I, I'm conflicted with the, the rating that I would give it because there is, there is so much more that I was hoping for and want but there's a ton to enjoy. I'm just gonna go with a three star, Russ. That's three uh, stars. Just as uh, a safe bet. Safe bet. Very interessante. Muy interessante. In fact, would you agree, Ryan? No. Oh no, we are not simpatico in this regard. <laughs> I like when this happens. <laughs> no, I think that. What I, do you think, Russ? Well, I was about to tell you to. You blasted my eardrums. <laughs> Not blast your kneecap here. You're just gonna play on <laughs> kneesies. <sighs> Quit man spreading, Steve. Anyway, uh, I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> anyway, I really like this show. I think that it's um, Marvel's best slash Disney Plus's best yet. Yeah. I think that Tom Hiddleston did a wonderful job mm. carrying the show. I think it was a fantastic opportunity to bring in someone like Owen Wilson, who you and I are both fans of. Yes. I think that um, as a result, we got to see a lot of really entertaining scenarios and situations that they found themselves in. I really enjoyed the uh, the whole premise around how you couldn't quite trust anybody in there 100% of right. the time. Like they always, they all kind of had their own uh, nefarious plan. As mm, I mentioned earlier, that word again, yeah. Nefarious. <laughs> but at the same time, I also really appreciated how this TV show moved the entire ecosystem forward because like, I know I've asked myself this question and I'm sure you have as well as, as yeah, all the other fans. And you have no idea what we'll say. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I've asked myself. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I, I know I have. But my whole thing was like, you know, um, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame was so big. Like it was such a, this, this, this tent pole experience. And I think we all left wondering what's next. 
you know, what's going to come up after this whole thing takes place. And I, I mentioned uh, a few episodes back how Mm -hmm. I had this theory about how maybe they would start to play in with this whole idea of multiverses and Mm -hmm. and maybe even like timeline oriented stuff. Cause they did elude a little bit to that in, um, in game. But I think that as a result of what we have seen here, this is the nice setup, right? Like, like we've been able to see Loki grow as a character, but also, this is the transitionary point for where the, the whole Marvel cinematic universe is going to leap off of. And I think if like when I compare it to WandaVision and Falcon and the winter soldier, their endings didn't have that. Like if you think about like, like WandaVision's ending, and again, this is a spoiler alert. If you haven't watched WandaVision, but I assume you have, but you know, at the end it's, it's this aha moment of how Wanda was coming to terms with her grief and mourning over the loss of vision. Again, that works for that particular show and that particular story that they want to tell, but it, it doesn't have as much of a huge bearing on the ecosystem. Like this one does. If you think of Falcon and the winter soldiers ending, that was a very coming of age story. Wasn't it? Where like you had Falcon who then, decided to own up and take the mantle as the next Captain America. Again, that kind of thing works for that particular show because that was another question mark that all the fans had is like, okay, who is going to pick up the mantle and be the next Captain America? So they explored that. And I think that was appropriate, but this was the answer. I think to what we can come to expect in the future phases of the MCU, which makes it exciting because that was kind of something that if you recall, you and I were, were talking about with the previous TV shows where it just didn't have that sense of like grandiose, right? Like, like not that we need something that's epic, like Avengers infinity war, but like in terms of how it plugs into everything else, they seem to be a little bit smaller in scale. And this I thought was clever because it didn't hit you over the face with like, this is like the next infinity war or whatever, but it it was very much like flying under the radar. And if you started to really kind of piece it together, you would all of a sudden have that epiphany and you're like, Oh, this is okay. This, this could be really fun. Mm -hmm. Having said all that, Steve, I give Loki. 4.5 4.5 stars. Oh, 4.5. Man. I was very, very impressed and pleased huh. with uh, just about everything in there. If I had one part of critiquing it, it would be that I felt as though mm. they needed to iterate a bit further with Sylvie. I felt like mm. Sylvie at times was a bit too just kind of blinders on doing mm. her thing. I wanted to see a little bit more, mm. I don't know, a little, little, little iteration, creative iteration on, on that. But other than that, I was a happy man, Steve. I was a happy man. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, where you can earn exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it helps us financially do what we love to do. Also, Make sure that you punch that subscribe button. <laughs> Maybe even, I don't know, what do you think, Steve? Uh, poke that notification bell. Poke it with your sword. Imaginary sword. <laughs> anyway, 
That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm, which drops once a week. You can also do a search for Joygasm TV on your various social media platforms of choice and on Twitch, where we stream our video game adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We and our variants will see you next week.